criminally insane. Same, same, same. Craft Beer Radio, episode 389 on August 8th, 2016. And welcome to Craft Beer Radio. We're back from vacation and ready to drink some beers on this lovely Monday night. Greg hauled some beers home. Yes, it's really it's much easier to haul beers home now that they're mostly in cans. Yes. Oh, you did bring almost all cans. Yeah. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, yeah. cans are great for <laughs> smuggling beer across state lines. So I uh, these are a bunch of New England beers. Well, one of them is in from Pennsylvania and one of them is from... Uh, Portland, but uh, there are other beers that I also bought, and there are four here that are New England uh, beers, so. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Did you see the top of this one here? Free Range Seawater? Yeah, I did see that. <laughs> Let's it's drink part that. of the reason why I got it. Let's drink that. Uh, it looked interesting. This is from Rising Tide Brewing Company, which is in Portland, Maine. This is their Pisces Goza. Um... They use coriander and local seawater, and it's 3.4% alcohol. 3.4. That's what I like to see. I wonder what... It's got to be cut with regular water, right? It can't be... Seawater's too salty, right? Probably, yeah. That's interesting. I like this can. It has it has uh, latitude and longitude coordinates on the bottom. Mm, you can geocache with it. I can, yes. Probably where the brewery is, but yeah, I it, it's was... a it's a can has a, a printed label on it. So yeah, it's... Well, the shrink wrap ones. Yeah, you can even see the embosser on the can here where it was made. There's a really cool video I can show you about how aluminum cans are made, the engineering of it, which is really okay. awesome. Um, yeah, so this is. Uh, so wheat ale brewed with coriander and so they probably put some seawater in there that's been filtered, but they probably don't sure. use all seawater. Yeah, I think the salinity would be way too high. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. That's a interesting way to get yeah. your salt into your goza. I saw that Jamie Barlow tweeted, a friend Jamie tweeted that uh, he didn't like gozas. He wasn't into them. He tried oh, yeah? them all. He just wasn't into them. I didn't see that one. I responded with something that's not fit for uh, not fit for the main show. <laughs> hmm. Well, I mean, it smells uh, smells goza ish. So it's a little salty. There's a little, little salty, little tangy on the nose. Uh, you can pick out some weed. It's it's a pretty tight aroma, right? It's not really yeah. giving off too much. It's holding its cards close to its vest. It's got sort of a lemony thing that comes from the back, lacto, mm-hmm. um, lemony, vaguely yogurty, uh, and the, the salt, the salinity is nice. The salt is is handled nicely. It feels uh, it feels a little minerally, which is I think it's nice to. Well, I think that's the, that's the, what I noticed, and I'm not sure whether I noticed it because I'm looking for it or because you know it's there. But it does seem like it has other minerals in it that mm-hmm. you wouldn't normally pick out in a goza. Uh, and maybe even tastes a little bit like sea breeze or something like that, right? We're getting some of that, you know, like you just came back from the Cape, right? So you know yeah. the smell, that smell that, you know, when the wind's blowing over the water. 
I learned that uh, our beach that we go to, I didn't go to the beach, but the beach that um, family goes to is actually in the sound part of the Cape, not mm-hmm. on the not right. on the Atlantic. So it's even better. <laughs> A little bit calmer and no sharks, I think. Well, I guess there could be sharks, but... The beer is pretty hazy. Mm-hmm. It's a kind of a straw color. Didn't pour with much of a head. What head no. was there is gone. And, um, I mean, you wouldn't know tasting it that it's only 3.4% alcohol. It feels substantial enough to... Yeah, it doesn't taste thin, aqueous or anything like yeah. that. It's, it has enough uh, malt body. And then the tang, the salt, definitely mm-hmm. fill out the body, makes it uh, satisfying. I don't know how many of these you could go through, though. It's like, I don't know if you could, like, pound these down. <laughs> this is the rising tide. Goes up Pisces. And it's salty. It's kind of like a Gatorade, in a sense. Mm-hmm. So it has that... Um, has that electrolyte. It's got electrolytes. <laughs> like Brondo. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's not much to say about it. It's 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 got interesting character because of the the seawater edition, uh, but it's not um, not like a terribly nuanced mm-hmm. beer or anything like that. But it's just nice to have a to a low alcohol thing to start, right? So we talked a little bit on the pre-show about our vacations, but I'll just say I had a great time and you did too, right? Yep. So yeah, I don't have too much beery stuff to relay. I like to kind of relay the beery stuff of the vacations in the main show, but it's kind of recapping what I've done mm-hmm. previous years. The the All Ohio Draft Bar on the island is great for tasting beers from Columbus, Cincinnati, and Toledo, which I can't get here. Um, stopped at the, uh, the Brew Kettle on the way out. Had some White Raja, which is the bronze medal um, IPA. You know, from JBF this past year. So that's always a great place to stop. Good barbecue there. And I Is that I'd... as good as, um, what's the Raja from, uh... Oh, Raja from Avery? Yeah. It, it's, it's different. I mean, it's, yeah. it's very good beer still. And, um, uh, I had some Rheingeist, you know, Rheingeist was one of those friends of Fat Tire and they get a lot of hype also. So their beers were decent. I think I like their pills the best. Mm-hmm. I had... One called the Truth, which is their IPA, it was much less hoppy than you know the Fatheads and the White and the White Raja and things like that. But it was decent. But I liked the the pills was like American hopped, super saturated with continental hops. I thought it was really well put together. Cool. Well, I didn't have much beer on my uh, vacation. Uh, just one one of the beers actually uh, one of the beers we're drinking tonight. It said three of these. And brought the fourth can home, and uh, that's kind of it. Did not do a lot of beer drinking or or alcohol drinking at all. Okay, so where do we go now? Well, we should go to a selling hoppy because I mean we have a bunch of those. Okay. Uh, so let's go to the boom sauce. Let's bring out the beer that I had while I was on the Cape. This okay. is from Lord Hobo Brewing Company. Yes, Lord Hobo. They're uh, out of Massachusetts. Well, actually, it says on there, on the can on the bottom where they're from. Or not even to the top. <laughs> I thought it did. Uh, Woodburn. 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 Woburn. 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 
eighty percent alcohol, eight percent alcohol volume for this, uh, you know, IPA, double IPA, <laughs> on how you want to call it. Uh, to me, I believe it has mosaic hops. We'll see if uh, Jeff agrees. And if, uh, if I agree, smells, under, smells under, the, like it. under the microscope, but uh, I was enjoying it a lot. Uh, color is, uh, you know, um, bronzish chamber. Yeah, that smells. <laughs> that is a great aroma. The, the beer, the production date on this thing, because it seems pretty darn fresh. It tasted, it, yeah, that's the thing is I tasted it, it was like, it was up there with the, with those alchemist type beers in terms mm-hmm. of, of the, the kind of aroma and, and flavor. Yeah, I mean, huge mosaic, there's mango, there's um, grapefruit, I'd say there's probably a touch of durian in here, but yeah, it's so not it's too probably, So that would mean there's probably a little bit of a... Simcoe or something in there. Mm-hmm. I think that probably does smell like there's a bit Simcoe. There's a touch of that. It smells pretty. I mean, the hops are so present in the aroma. Yeah. It just fills your lungs. It it makes me salivate. It just smells so good. It definitely smells different in this than it did in the in the not quite as <laughs> as nice uh, uh, cups that I had. I wouldn't even call them glasses. They were kind of like cups. <laughs> More simcoish than I remember. But there's definitely mosaic in there, especially mm-hmm. near the end. You can yeah, you can pick out that uh, plenty of mango. plenty of tropical yeah. A little bit of passion fruit at the end too. Wow, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. This is boom sauce from Lord Hobo, and it's I'll take a few sips here. Try to. Dial in. I mean, it's just a hop, a tropical hop blast. Beer tastes super fresh, and the hops are so present. They say it's one of our New England style IPAs. New England style IPA. So New England style is you know things like heady, but you know what people are talking about the most right now are you know they're so cloudy they look like orange juice. Mm-hmm. You know, that super hazy, like tired hands and. Some of those. I really this haven't. This is had... hazy. It's not. Yeah, but it still looks like clear. beer. Yeah. yeah. It still looks like beer. I haven't had any of those mega cloudy beers that I thought have been like amazing. You know, they've been okay, but I'm willing to be uh, swayed on that. Who knows? One of these other ones might be a New England style mm-hmm. orange juice looking beer. There's a nice. What is that under there? It's kind of a graham cracker uh, malt underneath to support the hops, and it's just a, a, a lot of hops. Uh, I would say it's it's not quite super fresh, but it's uh, it like it, if this were super fresh, it'd be probably really be bursting. Would be my guess. Okay, with uh, with the. Blah. And they do say, like, keep it cold, keep it fresh. So the mm-hmm. intention is very much to keep it as a big hot blast. Yeah, now that I'm four or five sips in, I'm able to taste the malts. And, you know, it's it's mostly pale. There's probably a little bit of 
uh, either Marisata or Vienna or something. It, it's not enough to really tell exactly, but mm. there's some of those bready malts in yes. there. And I don't think there's really much more complexity in there. Maybe, Maybe. some crystal in there. There might be, but what I'm actually what I'm able to notice is 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 just pale malt and then some of those mm. uh, you know dry kilned um, malts. Excuse me. And uh, it works really well as a platform for the hops. And, yeah, I mean, I think the Simcoe is starting to pile on a little bit more. It leaves a pretty bitter aftertaste in your mouth. And each sip does make it a little bit more and more apparently bitter. Yeah. Definitely tastes different in under the microscope and in these glasses. Mm-hmm. Um, the... Yeah, the... the uh, sort of oniony, sulfury part of the Simcoe stands out a little bit more. And the bright, hoppy, fla- the bright, hoppy uh, tangerine and, and uh, uh, papaya notes are mm-hmm. a little bit less, but they're still there. So the moral of that story is don't think about your beer? Is that it? <laughs> drink, drink from a cup on vacation? Well, I mean, it, it depends on, on, on what you want to do with your beer, right? right. I, I mean, you know, even though I'm digging into this one, mm-hmm. it's still thoroughly enjoyable. This is an excellent beer. Yeah. I had this beer when I was up there last year. Don't have any exact recollections of it being like, oh my god. But this is pretty close to oh my god. Mm-hmm. This is real good. Very good. I'm, I'm very, I was very happy with it. I didn't need anything else. That's probably the reason why I didn't get any other beers. <laughs> That was the boom sauce from Lord Hobo. They have a bar and a brewery. So is that Donald Trump's brewing company? Oh. <laughs> oh. Tavernale? Mm. So what made you pick this one out? Um, It was in the New England section. Even though it's a Pennsylvania beer. And I just thought... I didn't look too hard. I was looking. I was trying to get some stuff, and I it looked like it might be something different. And mm-hmm. then looked at, at the website says oh, it's just a pale ale. So, <laughs> so it's not a historical beer. Now let's see. But here we have some information on it. Um, I didn't say who it was. This is Battle Road Brewing yeah. Company's 1775 Tavern Ale. So I, have, I do have some info on here. Six point nine percent alcohol by volume. Uh, Forty IBU. They use Styrian Golding. They add throughout the boil on large doses, uh, paired with uh, Westmall yeast. Huh. Uh, and they use North American two-row barley malt and um, a high-dried Munich style, a biscuit malt, and a Munich malt. Okay. So, so there's these, interesting ingredients yes, in there, yes. right? I mean, you got the Belgian yeast, mm-hmm. and you have... Some Several th- variety of you know specialty malts. Maybe this thing is kind of yeah trying to get a little bit of a historical bend to it. You know the Belgian yeast is going to be less of a clean fermenter, right? So it might give it a little bit more um, fruitiness and esteriness that you might expect in a, a colonial beer. And using Styrian Golding hops, mm-hmm. that's pretty unusual for a for a pale ale. Yep. So we'll see. Yeah, the the color is a. Uh, a dark copper. 
That <laughs> it smells almost like a Vienna lager. No, nope, it smells sweeter than that. Oh, so here's what you're looking at. The the back label, right? It's like the independent spirit independent spirit still lives outside of Boston. We're driven by a legacy of discontent. Battle Run Brewery engages in the quest. It's brewed at Pottstown. Ah. Yingling makes the beer. Oh, really? Well, Yingling, it's the, contract it's, it's brews. A, yeah, yeah, right. Yingling it's contract a, brews the beer. Uh, and Battle Road is the beer company. So it's Yingling. Well, no, there's a company in Boston. Oh, yeah, it's, it's made of the Yingling who, plant. Yes. Okay. Pays Yingling gotcha. to make the gotcha. beer that... It's like when you see Battle Road wants. When you see uh, this is a bottle at Pepsi Brew Works or something like that, or, or mm-hmm. FX Matt. Yeah. Right, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um Or it's like how a lot of Brooklyn beer comes from uh High Falls. Mm. So Yeah, I I figure that's easier with sodas because it's just sugar water. Yeah. Okay, so There's the a pepperiness on there, too. There's... Yeah, the aroma's kind of weird. I mean... That must be the, mall, the yeast, the West Mall. Yeah, I mean, the first thing I smelled was kind of the the bread crust, the white bread mm-hmm. crust, you know, the maltiness, you know, from the the Vienna or uh, the Munich that you mentioned. And then I got kind of the stirring golden hop, you know, the spicy hop thing. And then, yeah, kind of a, a peppery, like you said. It's, it's a, almost a fruity end to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, what is that? Like a strawberry shortcake. <laughs> that malt is really potent in the nose. It smells a little warty, like when you're actually running off yeah, the mash. Yeah. That's kind of the smell that it has. It's smoky. The flavor is smoky. Yeah. It's so got... maybe, you know, you mentioned some of those like high dried malts. Maybe some of those are, um, you know, smoke, you know, kiln dried or something like that, you know, to give it a little bit more. So they're definitely going for colonial ale. Yeah, sure. this is, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm glad I picked this up because this is, you know, when I saw a pale, I was like, oh, and then looking at the ingredients, I'm like, oh. <laughs> so uh, th- there's a lot of character to this one. There's... Yeah, there, there, there's smokiness. There's a little bit of like a, a, a just it, it's not too bad, but it's like there's a slight acrid uh, or not acrid, but um, uh, astringent. There's a, there's an astringent character that's a little bit like um, uh, barbecue, like overcooked, slightly overcooked barbecue. There's the the West Mall is giving it some some distinct. They used to give me some distinct estuary notes and uh, phenolic notes, so it, it's it's really interesting. And uh, as for hoppiness, oh, I messed up. Yingling's in Pottsville, okay, but the brewery that's in Pottstown is Sly Fox. Oh, okay. So yeah, the hops, the hoppiness is really interesting too because it, it's it's almost an it's almost a noblish hopping. It mm-hmm. very different from what you would get from a normal pale ale. 
I let it sit for a while. I was looking up because I like oh Pottsville, Pottstown. I always mess those up, and I was, I was after I thought about, it, I was pretty sure I was wrong that Gingling was in Pottsville. But yeah, Sly Fox is probably the guy who made the brewery that actually brewed the beer under contract. Yeah, the machinery yeah, uh, used was Sly Fox's machine. Yes, the um, let this thing air out a little bit, and all the different components are actually kind of separating for me and I'm actually able to see them. Um, like you said, there's the smoky malts, there's the continental hops, and then there's this Belgian yeast, this estuary thing it's coming through. So it's not like really a muddy mess. It's kind of, you can see the components mm-hmm. and, uh, I'm going to take a few more sips before I, you know, yeah. drink an opinion, but, uh, it's a, it's a worthy attempt at making a yeah. uh, beer with, uh, Historical ingredients, period ingredients, right? I will say this with regards to, like you said, you can see the components. I totally agree, uh, but if there was a criticism I, I would levy at it, it's that, I yeah, I see them very clearly, but part of the reason I see them very clearly is they they're, they feel separate. They don't, they don't yeah. feel totally as integrated as they could be. Uh, not that this isn't, you know, not that I'm not enjoying this, but it's, it's like they could, be, they could be melded together and turned into something even more. But they just sort of feel like, here's this, here's this, here's this. Uh, and it's like a deconstruction. Like if you were given a deconstructed yeah. plate of, of some food, mm-hmm. you know, all the little ingredients are separated out. Yeah. I'm not sure everyone who drinks this beer is going to be able to pull those apart like we're able to. You no, know, but it's just like the boom sauce, you know, yeah. tastes different under that microscope. This one, mm-hmm. you know, if you're, if you're looking at it from, the, from that angle... Uh, there is there's a clear sort of separation between those those layers. This beer makes sense to me, you know, as yeah. I'm drinking it, and I'm getting, you know, the first couple of sips, the smokiness was a little. Po- I mean, I I I don't know. I'm not. A, I don't love smoked beers, right? So like most Roush beers are kind of too smoky for me. Um, when I first took the sip, I'm like, oh, it's pretty smoky. But now I had a few sips, I'm kind of used to it. It doesn't seem pretty smoky anymore. It just seems kind of you know. Makes sense as as a period piece. Probably with the with everything that's happening in this beer, it's almost a beer that would would go well with some food, uh, particularly with that Belgian yeast character. Mm-hmm. That kind of lends itself to to enjoying it with something. Uh, I would say a a, a strong. Well seasoned fish would go really well with this. Oh, really? I was thinking this was really well, like over. like a tuna or a salmon, like something okay. with with a lot of character to it, uh, not like a white fish or something like that. You know, I'm th- you know because I'm in that period mindset. I'm thinking stew, beef stew, shepherd's pie. So one of the sal- one of the things I made also I, uh, was that I made some tuna with got some nice tuna steaks. I let them marinate for about an hour and a half in uh, just. Cut up ginger and soy sauce. Then I took them out, vacuum sealed them, and let them sit for two days. And they got this mm-hmm. awesome character to them. And I'm thinking that with that, with mm-hmm. with that meal, this would go great. I see. Yeah, I'm thinking just a hearty, you know, plowman's type meal would go great with this beer. Sure, sure. Or a chili if it wasn't too spicy. Mm-hmm. Spicy would take away from a little bit from from the flavor, but if you had the just a non spicy chili, 
Maybe oh maybe a uh, onion soup. Oh yeah. All right. What's next? Let's go back to something hoppy because then we'll take the porter intermission and finish yeah. on something hoppy. All right. So want to go with the we'll save the double for last day. Eh? Okay. So from Bent Water Brewing. Which is, where is it from? Lynn, Massachusetts. Uh, They're a self-canning, self-distributing brewery with an on-site tap room featuring 14 different taps. They brew in a 15-barrel system and a 3.5-barrel pilot system. Hmm. Cool. Okay, so this is Thunder Funk IPA, 7.2% alcohol volume, 83 IBU. I, I like I like the name. I like the logo. I like the artwork on this can. Hopefully I like the beer as much. The, the Bent Water Brewing Company. Okay, so the the color is... It's leaning towards orange, orangish bronze. Hazy. It's different. The aroma is a little more citrusy. There's probably some grapefruit rind aroma, but I'm getting this weird floral thing too. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm just slightly like worried about this head. Slightly worried. Okay, it's not like a strawberry because the head is like a little. Th- it's it's very very tiny bubbles. It was canned on seven thirteen, so it was less than a month old. It could just be the the pour that did. Yeah, it didn't pour like an infection. I'm having a hard time discerning. Smelling, some, yeah. I mean, sometimes the flavor has it, and everyone doesn't. Yeah, this is just a a steel can with not even like a the plastic label. It's like a paper label on it with yeah. a sticker back. Call those pressure sensitive labels. Ah. Yeah, I mean, so the main thing I'm getting after I smell it a couple times is that fruity thing. It's kind of like a strawberries and cream or. Um, Some kind of rhubarbish on it. Rhubarbish? Yeah, yeah. I could go with rhubarb for sure. I think the rhubarb carries through in the flavor. It's a little muddy and confused to me. I'm trying to to yeah, figure New England style out. IPA, man. It just doesn't have the full on orange juice cloudiness, but um yeah, the hops in there are again it's very hop forward, but not as hop forward as the boom sauce. Not as bright, mm. not as bursting. Um you're getting let me take a second sip here. Yeah, I mean like I said, less than a month old, so it's, it's pretty fresh. Mm-hmm. It wasn't in the fridge, though. It was out of the fridge. It is a little... It's a little hard to describe. I'm trying to figure out what to put into this thing. It's, uh... Yeah, I think there's a little bit of pithiness there. Maybe more like a tangerine pith on the flavor than, than I said grapefruit earlier. 
the, I keep going back to strawberry. It's kind of like a, a strawberry that has a, a little bit of white on it, you know, a little bit of underripe strawberry. Yeah, there's not a lot of tropical notes here. Like, I don't think mosaic is. I think this is like a lot of Cascade and Centennial and... Uh, you know, because of... I, I think that this thing has probably some numbered hops in it or something like that. Uh, I'm thinking that we're getting things that are just not on our radar mm. that are contributing much of this flavor. Yeah, it's there's, there's a lot going on. They say six hot varieties in three different malts, and it just it just feels kind of muddy to me. It just yeah. feels like yeah. I mean, the malts are like not really distinct in any way. Yeah. Kind of just a pale malt thing. So you know, the necessary necessity of having three different ones where two probably would have done it. I mean, just in the outcome of what you're actually mm-hmm. tasting. Yeah, I mean, you, you can hops. throw a whole bunch of stuff in, into a, into a kettle, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to come out with something great. I mean, I, I even though the the was it the seventeen seventy five was like more deconstructed, and I could mm-hmm. you know feel the part that still felt like more cohesive than this, which just kind of feels to me like it like kind of a mess, uh, like not not undrinkable mess. Yeah, but yeah, it's just. It's a concophony, right? Yeah. It's, it's not... It's a garbage plate. You know, you know what those are? Those, uh, <laughs> they, they throw, like, um, fries and, and home fries and cheese and and, uh, and chili and mm-hmm. uh, pancake, whatever. They throw whatever they have <laughs> on it. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, especially when, you, when it's, like, 4 a.m. and you're drunk, that tastes great. But... You're not going to go to a to, to an mm-hmm. excellent restaurant and look for a garbage plate, right? Uh, you know, I just I'm getting picking up a little more mango. It is getting a little tropical on me, but yeah, it's uh, it's not really telling a story. It's just kind of mm-hmm. there in the glass. It's decent, yeah. but it's not. Uh... It's leftovers. <laughs> And sometimes you can do a lot with leftovers, and sometimes you can't. It just it just feels like I said muddy. Curious, they call it thunder funk, right? Uh, yeah. With with you know how funk is used in beers these days, I wonder why they felt they wanted to put that in their IPA name. Well, everything about these days changes very mm-hmm. quickly, doesn't it? I was a kid. In my day, when, when I was a funk kid, funk on your beer, you meant funk. I was a kid. Bruno Mars was singing about uptown funk. I'm just gonna give it to you. <laughs> okay, so we have a beer here from Night Shift Brewing. This is awake, awake. It's a Porter aged with coffee, 6.7% alcohol by volume. Uh, the other, only other information I have besides the marketing description is hashtags, <laughs> dark, crew, and canned. I don't know what the crew is about, but 
Okay, so it's definitely dark. It's, 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 this is black. It's got the barest of brown highlights, but it's it's black. Uh, although the, the head is not super, like, super dark. It's a little almondy in terms of color. Yeah, that is a pretty, pretty thick beer, isn't it? Smells kind of like a Kona coffee. Not a super fresh coffee, but yeah, kind of has a. Um, I think Kona's a good call. You know, it's kind of kind of woody. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, think of. Um, little bit of cherry skins. Kind of has a creaminess to it, you know, almost like a, a mocha or something like that. Night Shift Brewing was founded in 2012 by a trio of friends with a shared passion for nocturnal home brewing. They do it in the dark. <laughs> Through culinary inspiration and determined innovation, we aim to create memorable craft beers that offer a wide array of unique complex flavors. There's marketing speaking a sentence for you. <laughs> this was uh, bottled on, or, or canned rather, on 718. Fresh beers in Boston. The flavor, it, it, it has a very full mouthfeel. I, I mean, I don't know if there's any lactose in here, but it kind of has a feel of a milk stout. And with the coffee, when I, you know, I was thinking of a mocha or something, it kind of does taste kind of like a, a mocha frappuccino or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, it, it doesn't taste like work coffee. It doesn't taste like super fresh, single cup, you know, pour over right. or anything like that, but it has a pretty good coffee flavor. Yeah, uh, yeah, like I said, mocha because it's got the coffee and and a, and a lot of chocolate kind of in the pour. Yeah. Um, interestingly, not as astringent as the uh, battle road as the battle road. <laughs> um, but there is some of that as I sort of let it let it uh, fried over. There's some of that bitterness and a little bit mm-hmm. of astringency. Uh, nice mouthfeel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they could, they could get away with calling it a stout easily, um, but I think porter fits. Right, yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely a nice thick beer, mm-hmm. full mouth feel, and the, the coffee works well. I you know I'm not sure how much more I'm going to have to say about this, but it's it's enjoyable to yeah. drink for sure. It's funny because you know all the other ones were yeah. hoppy stuff or the goza, uh, but again, we didn't have much to say about the goza either. Mm-hmm. So right. <laughs> is, is it, I do find it very interesting because you went through a period where we were not big on IPAs, uh, and then IPAs came back with with a with a vengeance with mm-hmm. the whole new types of flavor. Now we're like we're really excited about IPAs again. <laughs> yeah, there was that long period where like, oh, been there, done that. Yeah, let's drink something. Let's drink some lagers. Mm-hmm. Everything's cyclical, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it was. I noticed it as I was looking at. The beer says, so like, you know, that I had a party where I could know not a bunch of IPAs. And I realized, wait a minute. No, there are good IPAs coming out of the house. No, they're not all the same anymore. So I, I still went for a variety, but I did get more IPAs than I might have otherwise. Mm-hmm. 
It's hard not to get all IPAs sometimes. There's a lot of IPAs out there. We have a hard time scheduling shows because you get palate fatigue if you do too many yes. beers in a row. Yeah. So we get IPAs and like, how are we going to get all these on the air in time? It's it can be, you know, it's a first world problem for sure, but <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. Uh, it you know it's one of those things where it's a good problem to have, but it's still it it still is an issue. We mm-hmm. we are concerned because. We want to give some of these beers a fair chance, and we don't want to get them hot faded. But also, we don't want to be—you can get fatigued uh, at the end. Then again, one could say that, especially with the new types of hops that are coming around, Less they're not fatigue-inducing. Yeah, it's possible. It's possible. We should test that hypothesis. We we could. I mean, we could do more. I, I think we we could schedule more IPAs than, than we had before. Uh, with the way that IPAs are turning out these days. The thing is, it's, you don't know what you're getting until you get it. That's true. That's the other problem. But if there is a mix, at least if there's a mixture of type 2 and type 3. Keep those statistical fluctuations to yeah, a minimum. Yeah. Oh, we got to talk about the, the particle <laughs> yeah. that I predicted that I was right about. I mean. Newsflash, Greg was right. Uh, I and, and a whole bunch of much smarter people than I am. What about all those papers that were submitted to the journals? There are a lot of people who are on either tenure track or PhD track who are looking to get something out there, and I don't blame them for trying, but at the same time, uh, is a whole lot of nonsense. Seems like a lot of work for something that is, like you said, most likely proved, I think you gave what, 30% chance or something like that? That sounds about right. You know, of, of coming through, you know, that's a lot of work for something that's almost certainly going to be false. Well, we'll talk about it on the yeah. post show. Talk about that more. Particle physics, fun. So, speaking of pre and post shows and even shows in general. Do 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 do. do you know do. what that means? So, if you would like to support us and, and our various uh, beer endeavors, uh, which is generally just bop, bop, buying bop, other beers bop. and uh, perhaps going on a, a, a trip or two and uh, just bringing you with, with a bunch of shows, more equipment, all that kind of good stuff, a great way you can support us is by going to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon whenever you want to buy something online. That way, you go directly to Amazon from our link, and you can buy whatever you want, and we get a little percentage of it. That's all. It's so easy, because you don't have to pay any extra. You just It's just like going to Amazon, except you just do a different URL. It goes right to Amazon. You can pay like normal. You don't pay any extra. And some of the money, a little bit, comes to us. And that's better than going in Jeff Bezos' pocket, because we're better than Jeff Bezos. I mean, come on. Craftyradio.com slash Amazon. There you go. Thank you for everyone who supports us. Jeff Bezos liked the segue. So I mean, Did he? Yeah. Uh, he was one of the guys who was like big promoter there. So. Mm. Well, you know, it does help get his... There's segue tours. Those are kind of fun. But I mean, in terms of changing... It does help, you know, his rats run around the warehouse. And get yeah, the right. Rats. That's true. That's true. I guess it, it's more the segue that kind of changed the way that people travel. Mm. That, that that was the... Except the you look like a douchebag when you do it. All you right. appreciate that part of it. 
The final beer? The final beer. Big Cranky. Big Cranky. This is from Stony Creek Brewery. Uh, okay, it should be 9.5% alcohol volume, 95 IBUs. A bold West Coast double IPA. Great blue heron on the label. A mosaic of great blue heron. Yeah, an orange, big orange label with a blue heron on it. There was a pair of two great blue herons. They weren't a pair. They were definitely competing with each other by our campsite. We were camping last week. And they have a beer called Cranky. This is a bigger version, by the way. And one night, Allie, Max, and I snuck down on the beach the heron was fishing right offshore mm. and we got probably about 20 25 feet away from it we're just watching it fish it didn't notice us and then as we're standing there from our left ear squawk and the second heron flies in it scares the first one out of his territory <laughs> you know so we had to see a little bit of you know the competition for the good fishing grounds seven different hops and i smell like some interesting tropical and grapefruit stuff coming from this. The color is another. It, it's sort of a lighter copper than. Uh, See, it's clear, so that's yeah. That may, that makes it West Coast these days. Ninety-five IBU, so it's you know it's above eighty, which is kind of. Yeah, I'm smelling some weird things. Maybe the hops and the alcohol, oh, but different. my nose right off the top is like it. It smells kind of a. a, a a fusel or acetyl alcohol, you know, kind of like I worry that it's infected, but I think it's hops, but it's very similar to what that, it smells like to me is like you know those orange cleaners. These a lot of these orange. Yeah, I get them. a little bit of that, but I get this kind of hot alcohol thing on there too. So I know what you're. I, yeah, I'm hoping I, I do smell something. But. I'm hoping it's just the cacophony of hops and everything, but you know, I've had too many beers that smell similar to this that have been. <sighs> is there a date on the can? Uh, yeah, there is. It is uh, July 12th. These are all pretty fresh. Yeah, you did good. Or the, or the, the beer conveyor belt in Boston does good. This was from Craft Beer Cellar, I think, okay. in, uh, in Braintree, Massachusetts. Braintree? Nice place. Good stuff. And like, walk right in. There's a whole bunch of stuff, but there's a new England stuff right on the, on the okay. left-hand side. I just sort of... All right. So I went in, took a sip, and that infected beer flavor is not there. So it was just kind of a byproduct of everything else that's going on. There's a lot. There's... It's a thick, juicy beer. Yes. You can tell that the alcohol is like almost 9% or whatever the heck it is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You can feel it. Um, kind of you mentioned concentrated citrus cleaner there definitely is kind of that blood orange like yeah. citrus type flavor in here you know potent kind of classic double IPA type flavors yeah I would say there's, there's a mix there's probably there's some tropical stuff I, I'm actually guessing galaxy more than mosaic uh, and then but I also think there's like there may be some Simcoe in here 
I, I don't know. I'm having a hard time guessing this one. I was at uh, Reclamation Brewing over the weekend, and they had two different beers. And I was talking to the, one of the owners, and I, for the one beer I threw out, you know, two hops, and for the second beer I threw out two different hops. Nailed him. <laughs> he was batting a thousand. Boom. Well, we have eleven years doing this, so yeah. But I don't know. Sometimes when you like, you know, clean the clean the clear the board off like that, you're like sweet. Yeah, it's so orangey. So so orangey. And the the maltiness kind of has that it supports the 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 juiciness. It's 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 big. It kind of has a syrupy mouthfeel. Not quite barley wine big. Pull it back from a barley wine a little bit. The beer is also really not that it's 95 IBUs, but it's not feeling Super apparently bitter. No. The uh, the bent water, you know, as, as we drank it, had more and more bitterness. This one's scrubbing off your tongue or not really that apparently bitter. Because that could be a concern, drinking a beer this big, this chewy, and starting to get, you know, palate fatigue from how bitter it is. There, there's, there's a lot going on here. Um... I will say that it, it, it feels a little bit like sort of like the bent water, but more cohesive and more understanding of, of what the hops are doing. So it feels less like a, less just like a cacophony, less like a, a garbage plate and more like, you know, more like a diner meal. I guess. <laughs> uh, it's, it's still like, it's big and it's bursting with lots of stuff and it doesn't, uh, it doesn't. Qu- I mean, it's not quite translating as well as like the boom sauce did, uh, but it's it, it's it's good. I mean, it's it's got uh, it's it's got some interesting stuff going on. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. I think it's pretty good. It's not as quite as expressive as the boom sauce, yeah. so we have less to talk about, and it's not quite as engaging like you're not like oh my god look at this look at that i'm loving every aspect of this but in general it's a solid hit it um i'm enjoying this like saturated orange liqueur type uh flavor that's Mm -hmm. coming through there it's a little syrupy yeah the high alcohol yeah and and you got to take some points off for the aroma what you said i mean there was a weird like is that what am i smelling there yeah, even if I smell it now, there's a thing that, like, that yeah. smells like it might have an infection. Uh, from the flavor, I don't even think if an infection's coming on. I just think it's a unfortunate combination of aromas. Right. Something's taking the boozy aroma and making it seem a little more fusely. Yeah, if I were them, I would add some more aroma hops to... I think it's the boozy aroma or with, with aroma. kind of sulfury hop aroma. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's kind of making it a little more fusily, I think. Yeah, put in some nice aroma hops in the beginning, and that might. Uh... <laughs> we had lemon drop. I wonder if that's in here. It, uh, it definitely could be. I think that makes a lot of sense, actually. Mm-hmm. 
even after drinking like you know almost my whole sample i don't have any great guesses on what's making yeah. this flavor because it's so orangey it's very orangey but without being like obviously orange it's got some tropical stuff it's got some sulfury stuff mm-hmm. uh but it peaks in the orange right yeah, yeah. like blood orange uh-huh. And it's almost like a distilled, saturated orange. There's a little bit of, uh, you know, zest of all the oils in there as well. I really don't have any great guesses on what the hop bill is. Well, do you have any good rankings? I, I have, oh, I have all kinds of opinions. <laughs> I just don't have any facts. Um, At least you'll admit, unlike some. <laughs> Okie dokie. So at the bottom, I think I'm going to put the Bent Water. Hard luck loser, I think. It was a good enough beer. Yeah, nothing was terrible. Here. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't bad. It was a good enough beer. It, I love the artwork. I was hoping <laughs> for a beer that matched, matched the artwork. Uh, it just seemed a little confused. It didn't tell a story, it didn't engage. And while it was good enough, I mean, the most interesting thing I found there was kind of that strawberry type um, note that it was having, but I couldn't build enough narrative around the strawberry to really get into that thing. Mm-hmm. And then in fifth place by a hair, I'm going to put the Battle Road, the Tavernale. You know, they wanted to make a period beer. I mean, I'm assuming. It seemed like they're really striving to make a period beer yeah. because of the ingredients they and put in there. Because of the name, I mean, yeah. I mean, they did not use modern ingredients, yeah. and the beer tasted it. You know, why would you put a West Mala yeast in a pale ale right. or an American beer? Because you wanted something less refined. You wanted something that gave off more esters and phenols, yeah. like uh, a, a yeast from 1775 might do. Why would you put uh, a smoky malt in it? Because malts aren't being killed mm-hmm. by natural gas in 1775 right. they're being done over coal or wood right so it, it was really neat like you mentioned before we had some of the other beers it would have been better if they was a little more cohesive and, and kind of combined into yeah. a unified uh thing and then i had Water. <laughs> right, right. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I, it was kind of neat how you could taste how all the components of uh, period beer all were in there, right? I, I like that. It's just, compared to the rest of the lineup, it is what it is. And while I appreciate what it is, you know, there's things I like better. Let's see. Ahead of that, I'm going to do the uh, Rising Tide beer that the goes up Pisces. Um it was pretty much, you know, a run-of-the-mill Goza. Noteworthy things where it tasted more minerally because they right. used seawater. I would have loved to have gone back in time and run an experiment where I did it without knowing about seawater and see whether I picked up the mineraliness or not. But, you know, you can't do that kind you, of thing. You'd notice it before I even said anything. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you can't do that kind of thing. I, I do think it's a cool idea using some seawater yeah. to salt your beer. I say it's in a serenity now. I say solidity now on it. Right. <laughs> um, it was fine. Uh, I had like a little more tang in my gozes, yeah. you know, but you know, I'm a sourhead, so uh, it was good. Uh, you are a sourhead. So in third place, I'm going to put this uh, big cranky. 
again, it's good. I I think, you know, that the, you know, we used to use the term worth your sobriety. I think that comes into play a little yes, bit here because yes. it's such a big beer. But, I mean, if you do a, surpri- if a sobriety factor of this beer versus boom sauce, you know, I would drink five boom sauces instead of two of these, you know, that kind of thing. Well, so. boom sauce is 7.8 or 8%. I mean, it's not. Okay. Well, but but even drinkability wise, right? This yeah. one's a lot heavier on the yeah. palate. This yes. one will tow you down, right? This one will make you not want to drink too much more. The boom sauce drinkability factor was up there, so I mean this is this is a good beer. I, I'm really fascinated about that really concentrated concentrated citrus, and I think you said there were six or seven hops in this thing. Seven, I would I believe, yeah. Love to know what they were, but I really because they're they're pretty well melded together, you can't dissect it. Uh, you mentioned lemon drop. Lemon drop feels right, but who knows? I don't know. In second place, I'm going to do the awake it's from. I see. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't assert that on my own. But I'm not going to say you're right or wrong. I don't know. Oh, well, we don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, Superposition I, of hops. I can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> um, the awake. That that porter was a really good porter. Um, coffee porter had a really good combination of the chocolate and the hot and the coffee. Great mouthfeel. I can't believe there's no lactose in there. Mm-hmm. It just had such a creamy mouthfeel. Really well done. But boom sauce, oh my god. Lord Hobo, boom sauce. It was delicious. It really was delicious. Agreed. All right, so my uh, rankings, I'm going to put uh, Bentwater again in last place. Just, uh, uh, as we said, not not horrible, but confusing and um, hard to, to, to understand, really. It just kind of felt like uh, all the other beers were better than, than, than it was. Uh, I'm going to put the Rising Tide next. I... Yeah, goza. We've had plenty of gozas, and this was a, a pre- pretty unremarkable. Besides the fact that it's pretty low in alcohol, uh, and uh, and still felt relatively full bodied for a goza, uh, and had the minimaliness factor. But then there really wasn't much else to talk about. There was no good pepperiness. There was no other stuff going on, and, and it was just sort of like okay, a little bit of lactose, a little bit of a uh, little bit of salt, a little bit of weedy character, and that's it. Uh, number four, I'm going to put the uh, this one, the Stony Creek, the Big Cranky. I I think it's a it's a little syrupy for my tastes, and like I said, it's, uh, I I don't think it's something we should retire the the term worth your sobriety. I mean, you said it's something we used to say. I think we should keep keep it going. That, that's not one like man right. candy. I think we can keep that one up <laughs> uh, because th- that's a valuable. Um, it's a valuable way to, way to think, look mm-hmm. at things. And I don't think Big Cranky is necessarily worth your sobriety compared to other stuff that are out there. Uh, and, and, and like you said, like the boom sauce. You know, same, relative, close to the same alcohol and way better. Uh, number three, I'm going to put the, the Battle Road. I, like, the especially in comparison to the rest of these beers, even though I did feel it, it felt a little bit disjointed, uh, I, I liked it a lot. I liked what was going on with there going on there and you know when I when I saw it was a pale ale I was a little disappointed and then when I saw what was in I was I was much right, more intrigued right. and uh, I, I was happy by by what was there I don't necessarily think it's 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 too drinkable I don't think it's a like I I wouldn't necessarily buy a uh, definitely wouldn't buy a case of this might buy a six pack and mix it with some other stuff well that's a question yeah <laughs> when would you buy like, how often would you drink a period replication beer 
versus a modern beer. I would definitely drink it at a bar. You know, if I saw that on a bar, I would definitely, you know, if there was other stuff I hadn't tried, that I had, if it was also if I had tried before, I would pick that out. Because, I mean, I think it's a, it's an interesting one to, to, to mix in there with, with the other I don't know. See, for me, I mean, I'm happy I've tried it, but I've tried it. And unless I want to show someone else what a period, you know, a colonial beer tasted like, I'm not going mean, to go, I mean, go back that's there. That's way too clean for it to be a colonial beer. The colonial beers do not taste like that. But... It's an interesting digression into sure. some of the flavors that might have been apparent in colonial beers. Uh, yeah, I think they did it without using, like, you know, super dirty yeast yeah. from, you know, from the horse barn. Uh, I think it's a great, I think they did a really good job of putting together approximation. Yeah. But I'm not going to go back to it. I, I love that I got to try it, but I'm not going to drink that. I'm not going to pick that beer out. Uh, unless I'm saying I'm t- teaching some people and saying, here, look at what colonial ingredients do. You know, like, unless I'm doing a history lesson, I'm not going back to that beer. And this is where Jeff and I are different. Okay. I might. All right. I I I probably especially if I saw it if it was there in a bar, I I would actually I probably would go back to it. not the whole. I mean, I would have other stuff too, but I I would mix in this one because sure. I think it's interesting and a good change, especially if I had something to eat. It'd be great to to eat something with it, and especially there weren't weren't other Belgians or stuff yeah, around. Yeah, okay. Uh, so in third place, so that's that's the battle run. Third place, uh, two uh, second place, night shift. Um, I'm glad to have another uh, coffee. It doesn't taste like work coffee, although it doesn't taste like fresh brewed coffee. I've had some coffee beers that have mm-hmm. tasted like fresh brewed coffee or close or close to it. So it's not quite there, but it had a lot of chocolate stuff too. So it kind of had the mocha stuff going on, like you said, mm-hmm. a little bit of sweetness, which uh, could be from lacto, but they're not saying. And I don't know; it, it's, it's possible that it is not. It could be just from the malts and other stuff that's going mm-hmm. on. Uh, so, but it was it was good. It was it was pretty good. But uh, that boom sauce is great. Even yeah. if the even if this tasted like great coffee, the boom sauce would probably be better. And uh, it was just it, it was really 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 good. I, I highly recommend boom sauce. Yeah, it's it's a wonderful, um, well put together beer. Okay, everyone, this is the Avalanche's Frontier Psychiatrist. Everybody, thank you for listening to our show. I really appreciate it. Greg appreciates it. I'm pretty sure. I very much appreciate it. Uh, We're gonna fight about how much we appreciate. No, no, no. I just didn't want to put words in your mouth. You hate when I put words in my mouth. I was trying not to put any words in your mouth. Uh, about appreciation, I mean. Unless you were saying I hate, I don't appreciate it. Oh, okay. I think in terms of how much I appreciate it, it's a lot. All right, all right. Greg appreciates Donald Big Trump. Big league. What? <laughs> I said you appreciate Donald Trump. I mean, I appreciate life and, and all that it gives us, including the negative stuff. So take from that what you will. Craft so Beer I guess Radio I do appreciate Donald Trump. is released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. If you want to contact us, you can use the Twitter at Jeff Bear. At CBR Greg. At Craft Beer Radio. Uh, email beer at craftbeerradio.com. And if you want to help support the show, go to that craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon link. And we will be back next week. We're going to steady through for a few months here. Probably not miss anything. Here's a monkey playing.